Welcome to LOA Today. Walt Thiessen and Life Coach Wendy Dillard here. Today is Tuesday, June the 26th, 2018, 4 p.m. Eastern Time, your second daily dose of Happy for the Day. And uh, this has been uh, another interesting day. I have had another opportunity, Wendy, to practice uh, kind of what we preach about getting into alignment before doing difficult stuff. And it's working. It's working brilliantly. I mean, well, we, tell me all about it. Okay. What's working? Well, we had um, a meeting this morning that, uh, well, let's see, how do I cut it down without making it you know, too technical and too boring, like, because, you know, you don't want to get too much into the business details. They get kind of dull. But in a nutshell, um, with the way the business has been structured for Louise's gardening business, Louise had always done the sales before. And now we're starting to branch it out and hire salespeople. We've been doing that for a few months now. And as a result, there really is no sales process in place because, well, she was the sales process. So she knew what happened every step of the way. You can't do that when you got multiple salespeople. You have to have you know, some sort of communication, some sort of structure and, and information flow, which we didn't have. So I found some software that's going to get us by. It's pretty good, pretty good software um, that's going to get us by for, for doing estimating and, and uh, work orders and so forth um, and for closing business with the customers. And today I was going to do a demo of it with our general manager, with the assistant manager, with our two sales reps, and with Louise and myself to show them you know, how it was going to work and how we're going to use it. Now, we've had various kinds of tensions going on, um, primarily between the GM and sales, and we've been trying to smooth those out. But, you know, you know how it is. You know, feathers get ruffled and, and, you know, people are still feeling kind of the angst that was associated with what had been happening and so forth. And so I knew I needed to not only get us into alignment just to get us into alignment, but also to do that in order to try to help smooth the feathers and help people, you know, feel calm, like this is going to be a good meeting. There's not going to be more stress going on and all that kind of thing. And so I started the meeting by asking everyone, I, I remind everybody, okay, we've had some challenges, we've had some difficulties, but I want to get us off on the right foot. So instead of focusing on what's been going wrong, can everyone come up with one thing that is going well with Gardens by Louise? And so I went around the room and had everybody do it. And the one person who I thought might have the most difficulty, because she's been kind of in the crosshairs lately, was one of the salespeople. And sure enough, when we got to her, she was kind of flustered, not quite sure what to say. But she came out with something having to do with um, the uh, uh, jobs that are kind of in the pipeline right now, about ready to pop, so to speak. And I assured her, yeah, that's good. Those are those are good, positive things. You, and you could see the look of, of relief on her face, like she hadn't screwed up again, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> so, I mean, it was good. And everybody was, was you know, giving their, their good input about what's good about the company and so forth. And you could just, you could visibly see people starting to relax and so forth. And plus, I, I have to admit, I did a good job picking software. In fact, I did, did a better job than I thought I did <laughs> because it turned out that it had functionality that I didn't even know we needed because I didn't really fully grasp all the details of what Louise had been doing with sales. Now I have a better idea of it. And it turned out that the software had features that I didn't know about that fit in perfectly with what they were doing. So I was able to tell them, well, yeah, actually it does that. And, and you should have seen them like sit up and take notice like, really, it does that too? <laughs> so it was turning into a very positive experience, which was really good. I mean, this was a group of people who had been through kind of the mill lately. And this was a, a turnaround experience so that instead of dealing with stress and finger pointing and all that kind of stuff, now they're all on the same page and they're getting excited because they can see how the new software is going to cut down on their workload and it's going to make it easier to communicate and all that kind of stuff. And they were just really, really happy. And then toward the end, um, that's what I learned. Uh, we, we actually apparently do a combination of estimating and creating a separate work order. And I hadn't anticipated the work order part. It makes sense. I mean, you know, having a work order certainly makes sense. It's just that I hadn't anticipated it. And so I wasn't 100% sure that the software did that. And so while I'm meeting with them, I actually got online with their, their the, the chat for this uh, software manufacturer and asked them, you know, how can we do it as a work order? Because we want to take the pricing off on the work order, obviously. That's just, you know, we just want to show the, <clears throat> the details of the job to, to the staff who are going to be doing the work. And they... Uh, came back to me with a couple of text messages, and we went back and forth, and they ended up showing me where there is a work order function that's built in. I said, oh, cool, this is great. So just as everyone's beginning to, to disperse, I, I stopped them all. I said, by the way, I just got some great news. It turns out that work orders are built into the software. 
And you should have seen the eruption of excitement. Like, yes, they're, they're throwing their hands in the air and they're, they're shouting. They're so excited. I mean, what a turnaround. It was a great turnaround. It was wonderful. So when you went into the meeting, what was your expectation? My expectation was deliberate because I knew if I didn't go in with this expectation, it was likely to be very tense and very stressful. And I went in with the idea, every single person, I, I mentally pictured every person and I focused on this person is going to be really pleased with the way the meeting works and, and they're going to get the details they want and they're going to feel really good. And then I did it with the next person. This person is going to feel really good. They're going to get the information they really want that, and they're going to come away feeling like we made progress. And, and I just did that with every person in my mind. Um, which was a great way, by the way, to distract myself from the fact that I was about to enter a difficult meeting because I'm focusing on, you know, helping other people feel good. And, and it just kind of took the time away. I didn't have any time to worry. It, it removed the worry time, so to speak. So, so but, what caused you to feel worrisome before you went well, into this? Well, I didn't, I didn't actually, but I could see how I could have. I mean, it's a, it's a fairly common thing, right? You're going into a meeting and you know you're, you're going to be meeting with people who have been kind of at loggerheads and there's, there's that stress and tension that's there. So unless you do something about it, you know that's probably going to still be there. It's like, oh, geez, I'm not sure I really, really want to deal with that. But I didn't, ha I didn't basically give myself any time to do any worrying because I was spending all my time building up energy. So it, it literally replaced the worry time. Yeah, <laughs> very cool. It worked great. Very cool. <laughs> mm -hmm. So well, all that's, the that's all we've talked about, both great. with you and with the other co-hosts, about how important it is to get into alignment, got validated for me in a really big way today. It was great. Yeah, absolutely. Alignment is very, very key. It is. Yeah. So, three cheers for alignment. <laughs> woo woo woo! <laughs> cheer cheer cheer! <laughs> So that's how my yeah, day is going. Cool. How's your day going? Um, I mean, my day's been going fine. Nothing out of the ordinary, bad or good. Um, but I know behind the scenes, meaning in my thoughts mm -hmm. while I'm doing my work, um, I, I I know I've been in deep thought. I, I've had that awareness of, of being in deep thought. Um, yesterday, I guess at the end of the, the evening, it was probably 930 when I went to my computer, where normally I was ready to kind of settle down and go to bed, I went, just go to your computer and see if you can start working on a project. And it was kind of just a, you know, a, either I do or I don't kind of thing. And I got to my computer and I I did start working on some stuff. And I realized, oh, this is too big, big of a project that I wanted to get into. But I did some other things. And what I realized is, because you're talking about get into alignment first, is by sort of previewing a document that I had written a while back, I'm thinking of doctoring it up and sending it out to my email list, um, or kind of as the first email. Mm -hmm. And I looked at it and went, wow, lots of good information. That's when I went, whoa, too much to deal with at this moment, because my brain's kind of closing down. But I think my deep thought that I've had from then until now, I mean, all day long, has been a desire kind of churning within me of how I really do want to engage with my tribe. I really do want to engage in a way where I'm writing and saying things that are meaningful and things that people can like really latch on to in a way that, you know, they go, wow, I hadn't thought about that before. And I know what I was saying yesterday um, about how important it is to be passionate about what I'm doing and know that I know that I, I help people change lives. I help people transform themselves into a better version of themselves so that they can accomplish more and be more. And if I don't stay on top of that, you know, it's not that no one else will come around and help other people. But I want to be a part of it. And I realized that by just kind of taking the, huh, yeah, we'll get to it one day or it'll happen when it happens approach, um, I've been kind of missing out on the juiciness of life Ooh. because I do Ooh. want to engage with people. Um, last night while I was, you know, at my computer, one of my clients emailed me something 
And it wasn't anything that took a whole lot of time, but we went back and forth maybe five times. And I had such a sense of, oh, it felt good just to connect with her, just to, to share something positive. She said, hey, I hope, I don't know if you pray, but if so, you know, keep me in your thoughts for blah, 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 that's going on in my life. And I was like, absolutely. So I told her what my prayer was for her. And it really excited her. It touched her in a way that she responded back to me to let me know. It, it, it was heartfelt and she really received it. And then, of course, knowing that she really received what I was sending her way, I now really received her receptivity of it. Yeah, sure. And it was like, wow, this feels so good. And that kind of feeling comes along when I'm engaged with other people. And I think, believe it or not, I've had a fear of other people on some level. Not like, ooh, I'm afraid of people, but afraid of, well, what if they say something I don't know how to answer? What if they ask questions I'm not quite sure what to do with? Or what if they're coming from an off-the-wall kind of place and I just go, whoa, what's up with them? You know, it's like, what if I can't engage them in a way that is really meaningful and feels good to both of us? And, you know, now I'm looking at it going, and? Like, just, <laughs> just get in the game. Yeah, just right. get in the game. And so my deep, I think my deep contemplation that I've been in for maybe the last 15 hours is me warming up to do something I've been putting off for a really long time, but warming up to the idea of it and it's feeling good to me. Like, yeah, this is where I really want to go. This is the right place for me to step into. So I know that both what you've just talked about, and what I'm talking about will feed perfectly into what we're going to talk about from our book, The Law of Attraction. Oh, no doubt about it, because we're entering a new segment, the intending section, so there's absolutely no doubt. Uh, but yeah, I mean, what you're describing, I think anybody can identify with, because essentially what you did is you managed to find uh, sort of a mini block. It wasn't really a block, but it's like a little re resistance area that had kind of cropped up for you. And you zoomed past it pretty quickly, which is great, but... Uh, that, that's really what you were describing. You had some resistance. It was a little fear-based. Didn't really have any meaning in, in the real world or in terms of your real vibration. But nevertheless, it was there. And and I'm not and go. I'm not going to say it's over. I mean, I appreciate you saying and I blew through it. But you know, I, I can feel into anything I want to at any given moment. And I'm like, I'm aware there's still a little bit of resistance, hmm. but I can tell I'm moving forward. Yeah. So it's not the end of the world. You know, I'm moving forward. And I like knowing that something that I have um, procrastinated over for so long that I'm taking a step moving forward and it feels good. Mm -hmm. That yeah. is what well, that's I'm it. enjoying is that it feels good. Sure, because yeah. that's, your, that's your signal that the resistance is, is reducing. It may not be completely gone yet, but it's reducing, which is what you want mm -hmm. anyway. So, yeah, that's fabulous. Congratulations. Well, thank you. And congratulations <laughs> on, on your, your day, too. Yeah. Oh, it's so it, it's very satisfying because, I mean, we talk about this stuff, right? I talk about it with all five of you. I hear all five of your versions and, and viewpoints on how to look at it and so forth. And it's always fascinating. But, boy, does it make such a big difference when you apply it in a real world situation and you get to see the real result come out of it and it comes out so clearly that's what was so cool i mean it was a very large change in the energy of that group and i loved mm -hmm. it it was great it's like i want more i'm hungry <laughs> and you know we take in a lot of information because you know last decade we were in the information era well we've moved past that because now we're in more of a technical digital era um, but there is so much information available to all of us at any one given point, you know, because all we have to do is say, hey, Google, talk to our cell phone and it spits out a ton of information. Oh, yeah. Um, but moving from information that we have on our mental shelf to actual experiential information where you've now had a circumstance or an event where you went, whoa, I've learned about this. But now I'm experiencing it. Mm. It's a whole different ballpark. It is, yeah. It's something completely different. Yeah. And I mean, even yeah. for me, I've been studying this stuff for like years and years and years. And every now and then, you know, something hits me more like, wow, this is what Abraham's been talking about. I get it. I see why it's so cool. <laughs> yeah, right. 
Oh, you know, that's exactly what the feeling is. And I mean, you're right mm -hmm. about the information age. I actually think the information age is still here. It's just that all the technology has exponentially increased it. So, you know, if we had X amount of information before, now it's X to the Y power. It's like this huge oh, yeah. amount of information. Oh, my goodness. And it just keeps growing. That's the other thing. It does keep growing. Yeah. And it's not going to slow down. No. No, not anytime soon, that's for sure. And probably not for a long time. Maybe not ever. Yeah, <laughs> probably not. Because, you know, once something expands, you can't make it unexpand. Not unless it's a balloon and you got a pin. But other than that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I always like to think of those big, giant yellow rafts that when you unfold it from its package and you start putting air in it, it just kind of explodes. Yeah, right. It becomes take over a room. That's but then right. try to like put it back in the package and it's like, oh, no, that's not ever going to happen. <laughs> Gives new meaning to the term Pandora's box. You can't get it back in. It just doesn't happen. <laughs> no, you cannot get it back in. Oh, that's funny. Oh, so I'm really looking forward to reading about segment intending. Yeah. I have a feeling what's about to come is, is exactly what I'm looking for in my, in my life. Because mm -hmm. I know mm -hmm. when we read about you know, the art of allowing, I absolutely witnessed how allowing was something that was definitely prominent in my thoughts, you know, mm, sure. which is like get out of other people's business, stay in my own lane, mm -hmm. you know, take a chill pill. <laughs> <laughs> take a chill pill. I like that. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. And I was like really working on the allowing. And when before that, we were talking about the science of deliberate creation, and right. I was really focused on how to harness my attention so that I could be a deliberate focuser. So now, you know, we're moving into segment intending, which, you know, the beginning of this is the magical process of the magical segment intending, process. Yes. which I really like because I think law of attraction always feels like magic. Um, so I'm excited about. And you're right. I mean, what we both described today, what I described with my meeting was segment intending. I mean, we're probably getting putting the car before the horse because we have we haven't read the book yet as part of the show. But really, that's what it was. So. I don't know. Maybe I'm giving the story away. Maybe I should wait. <laughs> well, let's just jump into the story, and then, then we can talk about it. Okay. All right. That's fair. So we're on part five. Uh, it's called Segment Intending, and it's really the, the last major section of the book, but it's got some really good meat in it. So we'll, we'll work our way through it carefully. And as you said, it's entitled The Magical Process of Segment Intending. That's the first subtopic. This is another Jerry and Abraham dialogue. So Jerry says, Abraham, my feeling is that the combination of the ingredients of the law of attraction the science of deliberate creation, and the, art of, and the art of allowing, and then added to that this next one, the segment intending process, seems to comprise the total recipe for making things happen in general. Would you speak to us about segment intending, the segment intending process? And Abraham says, once you understand that you are the creator of your experience, then you will want to identify more clearly what you desire so that you may allow it into your experience. Because until you have stopped to identify what you really want, there is not a possibility of deliberate creation. You do not want the same thing in every segment of your life experience. In fact, in every day, there are many segments that carry many different intentions. And so the point of this segment intending essay is to help you understand the value of stopping many times during the day or many times during your day to identify what it is that you most want so that you may add emphasis and therefore power unto that. There is very little that you are actually living in this day that is a result of only what you are thinking in this day. But whenever you are stopping segment by segment and identifying what it is that you want in this segment, you are setting forth thoughts that begin to prepave your future experience whenever you are entering segments that are similar. In other words, let us say that you are getting into your vehicle and you are alone. So intending communication with someone else or uh, clarity of listening to what another is saying is not very, a very important intention. But intending safety and smooth flowing traffic and arriving refreshed and on time are intentions that are very well placed in this segment as you are traversing from one place to another. The identification of your intention 
as you are entering this segment of driving not only affects this segment, but it sets forth a prepaving into your future so that at future times when you are getting into your vehicle, you will have, in fact, prepaved or created circumstances and events that will be to your liking. It is possible that in the beginning, even when you are identifying segment by segment what you want, there will still be some momentum from past thoughts you have set in motion. But in time, you will be in time as you are setting forth segment by segment what you want, you will have prepaved a path before you before you that is very much to your liking. And then you will not have to take so much action in the moment in the moment to get things to be the way you want them. Uh, three paragraphs back, that first sentence of that uh, second paragraph in the section, or, or, or the, the three paragraphs back, it says, there is very little that you are actually living in this day that is a result of only what you are thinking in this day. That's not the way we normally think about it, but boy, is it ever true. Because what we thought about yesterday impacts today. And we don't we, we, we skip that. We we don't really think about that much. It's not like, well, right now I am intending to have a good meeting. That's what I was thinking this morning. I don't really think about the fact that what I thought about yesterday impacted it. But it did. So I mean how when you're do you ever notice that? Do you ever consciously think about that or or are you just like everybody else, you know, like I'm not really thinking about what I thought about yesterday. I'm just intending for today. I think as a coach, I'm always aware that whatever any given moment shows up like, it's a culmination of every active vibration we have going on. So you really do have that awareness going on. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, not that I'm thinking about it in every single moment, but I'm very aware of it because I do know that whatever result we experience, it is because of that which we are vibrating to. Hmm. And Hmm. I'm so aware, especially when I'm working with clients, that clients sometimes are only aware of this very moment, what they are purposely focusing on right now. And they are very unaware of all the other thoughts they have thought on the same subject. Right. You know, so gosh, I have, I have a memory of something. Um, Oh yeah. I think it was in that Facebook group that we both jump in and out. Well, you're in it a lot um, where I was, attempting to have a dialogue with somebody and not in a private message, but kind of like in a nested reply. So it's not like everybody sees it. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I wanted to be more helpful to her. And so she was talking about having a really wretched day where it was just one negative thing after another, after another. And so I said, you know, as you begin to get more comfortable with feeling your feelings and paying attention to what you're thinking about, you'll start to recognize how your thoughts are actually a part of what's manifesting. And so I said, like, for example, you know, like, what did you think about this morning? And she's like, well, I was thinking really positive. I was, I've been looking forward to this day and this event for like weeks. So I was only thinking happy stuff. So that doesn't make any sense as to why all these bad things happened. And I realized at that point, that's where it's really difficult to use email or Facebook to get into this discussion mm. because if she mm. were my client, I would take it apart and I'd say, you know, whatever this event was, well, what do you, let's, let's say it's going to a reunion with your family. Okay. So mm-hmm. how do you feel about spending time with your family? How do you feel about barbecues? Do you have any memories about going to family functions? You know, that didn't go well. Um, you know, how do you feel about being in a crowd? Do you like being just one-on-one with people or do crowds make you uncomfortable? I mean, there's so many different elements that could be a part of something that if she just went into it thinking, oh, I can't wait to see my uncle Henry because I haven't seen him in a long time. Mm -hmm. She Mm -hmm. may be so narrowly focused on that one thing and looking forward to it that she neglects looking at the whole picture. Like maybe she doesn't like being in crowds or maybe it's an outdoor setting and she hates the heat. <laughs> I'm talking about myself. Um, <laughs> Very sneaky. I like the way you sneak ve- that in. <laughs> maybe she's a vegetarian and she's going to an event where people won't understand that she wants to eat differently than everybody else. And so there are so many elements that come into one situation. And if like 
when it when I'm going to say an amateur person who's just beginning to look at law of attraction as something that might be cool for them to think about using, if all they think about it is, I had this thought that I can't wait to see my hunk, Uncle Henry, and I'm so excited about it, and then they have all these negative things occur before they even get to the reunion, it's easy for an amateur law of attraction utilizer to think, see, it doesn't work. Because this is what I thought, and I got something opposite. Right. But there's so many varied facets that go into something. Mm. So I yeah. guess back to your question, do I think about that? Yeah, I think I do more I think than you I do. knew I did. Yeah, quite a bit. <laughs> wow. I'm, I'm impressed. And in fact, as I was thinking about it, I, I talked about this really great meeting that happened this morning and how well it worked. And I'm realizing that while I set the attention this morning, I can see points in time where I also set it yesterday. Which is unusual. Usually, I don't get that kind of insight, and usually, I can't. I can't piece it together that clearly. But I can actually see it in this case. I can, in fact, I can see it last night during the night too. I remember waking up during the night and thinking, "Okay, I want to do this. I want to set this intention of you know, getting everybody into that high vibration place before we start the meeting." And I remember yesterday afternoon when we were dealing something related to this, and. Uh, my wife had expressed the idea, let's see, was that this morning or was that last night? Maybe it was this morning. Yeah, this morning, that's right. My, my, my wife, before this meeting this morning, said to me she really didn't want to be at the meeting. She wanted to be somewhere else. And I think it was because of you know, all the negative stuff that had happened. And I, my response to her was, I, I'm really hoping you're going to be there because I want you to experience how you're not going to have to make all the decisions and how the team is going to start you know, pulling together and, and doing all this this stuff and, and you'll feel the tension kind of roll away. So even as I was saying that, I was setting up the intention for the meeting. Mm -hmm. And and then there was another conversation I had with the GM yesterday in which she was asking me, you know, we, we we're, we're kind of uh, shy on work for the guys tomorrow. And, you know, we have some work for them, but not a full work day. Are, are we going to be able to get work coming through here? Is this going to happen? I said, yeah, it's going to happen. In fact, tomorrow, tomorrow's meeting is going to be great. So I had a number of different situations where normally I wouldn't have remembered it, but because of how great the meeting went and because of the conversations I've been having with you and Cindy about it today, I am able actually to remember, yeah, there were times when I set it up, like two, three, four different times leading up to the meeting. And then when I got to the meeting, I set it up again. So it was like reinforced, 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 reinforced. And, and I mean, this one particular part that you're pulling out of what we read is really quite significant. And I don't know that I recall reading it in this way, you know, where if you set an intention, let's say for how you drive and how you get to and from places, the next time you do it, it's like the energy of the previous time is still with you. In other words, that intention is still set. Mm. Um, I know when I started doing therapeutic work, Oh, man, 15, 20 years ago, mm. I remember before every session, I would probably spend about an hour getting myself into mental preparation and getting my intentions clear of, you know, putting my own ego aside and being available to like receive, you know, infinite intelligence on behalf of my client and wanting to make certain that their their needs and their desires and wants is what I stayed focused on. And, oh, my gosh, I went through a litany of things. Um, and it's not like I said the same thing every time, but it really built what I would say a really powerful intention when I work with clients. And then there came a point that I was still doing that, but it was starting to bring me anxiety. So oh. as I started to question myself, what is this about? Yeah, It's like I was now over-preparing to the <laughs> point that those intentions were already done. And it was like I didn't have to focus so much on creating my intentions because I'd been doing it for a long time. So what I was actually doing now was actually creating anxiety because I didn't have something new to focus on. Mm. And so what happened is I started just lessening the time of my mental prep work. Yeah. Until literally now, I mean, I don't know if this is shocking or not shocking, but I can literally be racing in the door and dial my client's phone number and say hello, and I'm ready. Oh, I, I am as with that. present as I have ever been. Oh, yeah. I can identify with that from the, from the podcast because that's the way I feel every time we do the podcast. <laughs> Seriously, it's the exact same feeling. 
when I when I first started doing podcasts, I had to get myself psyched up. Or if I didn't, I didn't sound all that enthusiastic when I did the podcast. But mm-hmm. it's gotten to the point now where I'm so used to saying, welcome to LOA Today and all that. Just thinking the words, welcome to LOA Today, makes me feel a big surge of positivity just because mm-hmm. I've been doing it for so long. So I know exactly what you're talking about. So in the case of my clients, whereas I used to spend about an hour to prep, and then I started spending less time and less time and less time, I realized that those intentions that I set have been set. Mm. Like I haven't changed my mind about wanting the highest and best good for my clients when I work with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I haven't changed my mind that I want to be present and attuned to what they're talking about. I haven't changed my mind about wanting to like have infinite intelligence flow through me. Like those intentions are pretty darn solid in terms of me being able to, you know, have that stuff happen. And so not only is that what I want, but I'm aligned to it. You know, there's a certain way I sit in my chair that even though it changes each time, there's an internal posturing that occurs. Mm -hmm. And there are times that like, let's say we get into something that's really rough. It's like I begin pacing and my pacing actually moves energy on behalf of both of us but I don't have to think about that anymore. Now, did I learn once upon a time that moving my body will help to move energy? Yes. Is that why I did it? Yes. Do I think about it today? No, not consciously. Well, I want to thank like, you. It's in the vault. I, I want to thank me? you because you've just explained to me why it is that I pace. I mean, for me, pacing, oh. the, only, the only explanation I ever had for pacing was that it was a way to calm me down, which it is. But as you pointed out, I tend to pace when it, you know, a problem starts to come out or, or something is you know, kind of gnawing at me or you know, I, I've got something that's just been hanging there and I just can't seem to find a solution or whatever it is. That's when I start to pace. And, and Louise teases me. She, she, she'll, she'll make fun of me like, you know, we're going to have to get a bigger house so you can pace a longer path. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, only because I have my friend staying at my house and she's in the guest room, I'm not doing my normal pacing thing. But I have like this giant pacing pattern no, that I've done before. <laughs> yeah, when um, like when I'm talking with a client, you know, it's like I literally walk through every room of my upstairs in a certain pattern, and it just kind of shifts and moves energy oh, okay. because our bodies are like, uh, oh gosh, what's the fun word? Um, mm, they're like mechanisms of our energy mm-hmm. and our body is our energies in our body and it's around our body. And if we physically move our body, we're physically moving the energy. Mm, yeah. And so like, uh, gosh, I want to say last week or the week before with one of my clients, um, I could tell she was kind of struggling through something a little bit. And so I said, are you standing or sitting? And she said, sitting. I said, okay, I want you to stand up and I'll do it with you. And we got into what I call Wonder Woman pose, you know, and I said, you know, hands on hips, feet spread, you know, apart, you know, chest back, chin up, you know, and breathe. And I said, now how do you feel? (laughs) Yeah. And she's like, I feel much better. I'm like, isn't that amazing? Mm. I mean, the body can shift energy for you. So if you can't find the right thing to think about, just move your body in a big way, move your body in a bold way, or just walk, you know, mm-hmm. that's probably how you get such benefit out of your daily walk. Yeah, that's certainly one without of them, sure. realizing yeah. you're moving, you're moving the energy. This is true. Yeah, that's very true. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, cool. Yeah. And, and well, uh, plus also, there's another factor that I have to take into account, which is I'm so much taller than most people. So the average person who takes 10 steps, I take five. So I definitely need more room for pacing. That's just the, the nature of it. <laughs> That's probably why you need to go outside. Because exactly. Because so much more yeah. space for your walking. <laughs> no more distance limitations out here, I can tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> and I do the, know that to be true. The taller you are, the bigger your stride. Because when I was married and my husband was six four, six five, something like that, we'd walk together someplace and I'd say, can you slow down just a little <laughs> bit or at least thing. hold my hand so you can kind of drag me? <laughs> drag me <along. laughs> right. yeah, we do the hand. same thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm like my normal pace. I thought I had a pretty wide stride, but 
Nothing compared to yours. <laughs> there, there were times where Louise and I would take a walk together, and if we get to a little hill and she's kind of feeling you know, the, the, the tiredness of, of doing the walk, she'll say, okay, just, just pull me along. Just pull me up the hill. And so that's what I will do. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, years ago I used to uh, walk with friends just, you know, for exercise. And uh, one of my friends, I have to say that after a while it was just, so it was not something I wanted to do anymore with her hmm. because she had short little legs. And even when she was doing what she called power walking, I was like, <laughs> there was just nothing in it. And I'm like, I don't feel like I'm getting exercise. And I mean, I do know if my, if my body's in motion and I'm even walking a little bit, of course there's some exercise to it, but it took the joy of knowing I was really hmm. pumping my body when I felt I was moving at a snail's pace. <laughs> I hear you. Yeah. Although I also have to say, there are some people of lesser stature, let's say, who I see on the path, usually women, and they are true power walkers. I mean, if I don't really move my pace, they can outpace me. Their legs are going at about 50 miles an hour. But I mean, <laughs> they're, they're flying down the walking path. So I don't know that the height has as much to do with it as your determination to just move quickly because, boy, some of yeah. these ladies can move. <laughs> well, and I understood what I was now experiencing where my friend was not moving fast enough for me because I, when I was just really new to movement, um, a girlfriend lived near me and she's like, well, I, I go to this one park. Do you want to go with me sometime? And I said, yeah, I'd love to. I love that particular park. And so she was a jogger and I've never been a jogger. Hmm. And I said, I like to walk really fast and I'll walk as fast as I can, you know. Um, but I could tell she really wanted to jog. And she said, no, while we're together, you know, I'm okay just walking. But I could always tell she was just ready to break out into a jog. So I had to really work hard to keep up with her pace. <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, I remember one time, so, too, there were two two young ladies out in bicycles and they passed me. We were going in the same direction. They passed me. And one of them, you could just tell, she was the more athletic of the other of the two. The other one, you could tell, hadn't been on bikes very much. And the one who was more athletic, she was not, they were going slightly uphill. Not only was she biking, but she had her hand on the lower back of her friend. So that she was pushing both of them up the hill. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that was great. <laughs> See, now, how would you segment intend? to go on a walking expedition or biking expedition when you know you're the slower of the two? Well, you, you do it like you do anything else, really. You get yourself in the happy place and, you, and that good feeling place and whatever it takes to get there. And what does that mean, Walt, when you say get yourself into a good feeling place? Oh, well, I mean, it, I do it differently depending on, on what it is that I'm segment intending for. If it's something that I can, you know, find the real happy, positive side of that thing, then I'll focus on that thing. If it's something that feeling good about it seems like too much of a stretch, then I'll just focus on anything I can find to feel good. So, I mean, like today's meeting, well, let's assume that today's meeting was actually hard for me to go into. It really wasn't. But let's assume that it was. And, and I just couldn't really visualize that group um, being in a high-flying place. They, there was just too much stress, too much negativity. I just couldn't visualize them being there. I, I'm what is high flying place? Oh, sorry. Yeah, it's an Abraham term, right? <laughs> so a, a, a high vibration, a high feeling, a, a very positive feeling place, an excited, um, energetic, joyful place. And I just couldn't visualize that group being there. Well, then I won't try to visualize that because I don't want to try to lie to myself. Instead, I'll think about what, well, what can I visualize feeling good about? And I'll go to things like what you said. I, I like to walk, so I'll, I'll visualize how I feel when I'm walking, or I'll visualize my favorite weather pattern, or I'll visualize my cats, petting my cats, or I'll visualize having my favorite meal, or, or having a chat with Louise, so I like talking with Louise, or maybe visualize doing podcasts with you or Cindy or Tom or, or Joel or something. You know, I'll, I'll reach for anything that makes me feel better. And then once I've reached for that, then I'll go back to whatever it is I'm trying to intend for. And I'll see, do I feel any better about that? And if I do, is there anything higher I can reach for with that? I'll just kind of use that as a way of, of bridging to get to the point where I, I want to get to with that thing. Does that make sense? Wow. Well, it does. And that's a really great um, practice that you just talked about. And I'm going to break it down okay. and, and tell me if this is what I've heard. Sure. That when you're about to go into something, and it doesn't feel good to you, mm -hmm. but you know you want to go into it feeling good. Right. 
you find anything, anything in your life where you've had a positive experience. Yes. And you visualize it for the purpose of allowing the feelings of that experience to kind of become reactivated in your life. So right. in that moment, you're really feeling the enjoyment you had in some other events or situations. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then when you know that like you've done enough of it, it's kind of sus- that good feeling is sustaining itself. It kind of remains. You're not having to con- uh, continually talk yourself into feeling better. It's like, yeah, I do. I feel much better right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then when you're in that place where you're feeling good, then you think about the thing that wasn't so exciting to you before and and you're you're with your hope that you can take the good feeling that you have and now influence how you feel about where you're about to go. Exactly. Is that what that's, you're saying? Yeah, that's the bridging technique right there. Yeah, that's a great description. You you described it a whole lot better than I did, so thank you. <laughs> well, I and I wanted to break it down for listeners, but I wanted to break it down for myself. I mean I think I think what you described was really great. Um, sometimes I think we talk well, and I don't use the phrase "high flying disc," and I don't generally use the phrase um, "higher vibration." Bi- yeah, yeah, just because those are words that to me are so Abraham oriented that honestly, when Abraham says it, they drive me crazy. I'm like, <laughs> talk in real words, people. <laughs> Well, you know what's really ironic is that I often said the same thing, and then here I am using those phrases. So, you know, so much for consistency, right? Now, I do want people to understand that a thought always has a feeling attached to it, even if they're not aware. But a thought has a feeling, and every feeling has a vibrational quality. And every vibrational quality is its energy signature. So, thought, feeling, Vibration and energy are really all synonymous because they kind of all take place at the same time. Hmm. And depending on where you are in the spectrum of personal growth, oftentimes determines which one of those four words are used the most often. Have you ever noticed that? Say more. I'm not quite sure what you're driving at here. Well, like if I'm talking to, I'll say the average person who maybe has never heard of law of attraction. Okay. I'm not going to talk in terms of energetic vibration Mm -hmm. because they have no clue what that really is. Sure. Yeah. Okay. So I'll just talk about thoughts and I'll say your thoughts govern your life. What you think about is what you get more of. Okay. Now, as, as a person wants to go a little bit deeper into their exploration of, this idea. I'll say, did you know that with every thought, there's an associated feeling? And I'll work with them so that they can start to have an experience of where they recognize, oh, yeah, I am feeling this. And I'll say, and what is the thought associated? Oh, you're right. There is a thought that's associated with that. Because mm-hmm. when I feel this, it makes me think, blah, blah, blah. Right. So then I can talk with somebody about thinking and feeling. And then, you know, if you want to get into law of attraction stuff, then I will start to bridge the the languaging a little bit more into how the thoughts and the feelings have an energetic or a vibrational quality to them. And that's something that science is able to measure. It's not something we see, but it's something that actually is measurable. And it's that unseen... Un, unseen thing that science can measure that is actually what we're broadcasting for the law of attraction to match up that energetic quality. Okay. And and that one I'm I I'm intrigued by what you're saying just because I'm not quite clear what where you're knowing that that science is able to measure it because a lot of that I thought was unmeasurable. So tell me more about the measurable part. I mean, science has been able to measure um, vibration for a long time. In general, yeah, general vibration, sure. Yeah, I mean, they can put those weird little patchy things on a person's head and it's connected to some little machine that has, you know, like, um, gosh, what is it called? Um, Like the lie detector test. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know how there's the little needle that goes back and forth? Yeah, or an EKG or something like that, sure. Yeah, I mean, those are all vibrational... Okay, that's fair. You know, measurable things. Mm-hmm. You know, 
So I look at that as science has been able to measure that. Now, can they measure um, how a thought goes out into the ethers and law of attraction is able to respond? I don't think so. Yeah, probably not yet. Yeah, that, that's what I was thinking of. But your point is well taken. But the, but the fact that they can measure a thought wave, they can measure a thought. Like um, True. I saw something where they had like some kind of a visual screen, like a TV screen, mm -hmm. and they were flashing certain images on the screen while they had electrodes connected to their brain. Right, right. And they were able to see the different spiking uh, vibrational patterns of how a person thinks a thought and has an emotional response. Mm -hmm. And they're able to scientifically show that this emotional response creates this vibrational pattern Whereas a different image creates a different emotional pattern. Yeah, actually, anybody who's ever been hooked up to an EKG and they could see the graph has been able to, to mess with that if they ever wanted to try it. I, okay. I remember one time I, I had a panic attack and I thought I was having a heart attack. I ended up going to the hospital and they checked me out and I was fine. But while they had me hooked in, I could see the EKG. I could see the little graph, right? And I, I decided at one point, because I was waiting for them, it was getting kind of boring. Nobody had shown up for a while. And I'd already been seen about the main thing, and everybody had calmed me down, so I was okay. I, was, I don't remember what I was waiting for. I mean, discharge, I don't know what it was. But I'm still hooked up to it, and, and Louise is there with me. And, and we're, we're looking at it, we're talking about it. She says, well, see if you can slow it down. So I was okay. So I, I tried to slow it down, and I couldn't. And it's not just the EKG, but there's also, like, uh, uh, the uh, the pulse and, and you know, your uh, blood pressure and all that. And, and, and so I could actually change the curves. I, I could change the curve of the blood pressure. I could change the curve of the EKG just by changing what I was getting excited about or calm about it. I mean, I could change all of it. It's like, wow, this is really cool. And I'm playing with my own um, biometric readouts here. Boy, <laughs> I mean, does that show you if, when you have that experience, you really do realize just how much power you have over the stuff that they read off of you. It's pretty cool. And so when you were trying to create a, a more robust um, pattern on the EKG mm -hmm. and you wanted to get into an excited place, what, what kinds of thoughts were you thinking? Oh, boy, I don't know if I can remember that far. That was a lot of years ago. I imagine I mean, it was were you just like... thinking, okay, I just want to get excited. Okay, what's excited? And you just... And thoughts were just occurring to you that were exciting thoughts? I think it was actually as I was reacting to my ability to shift it, I'd get excited and the, the excitement would show up on it. Not like I was trying to get excited. It's just, oh, look, you can see where I'm getting excited. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I've been in a hospital room with somebody who was not in a very good, uh, healthy state and they weren't conscious and... Uh, I want, I, not that I was trying to test them, but I was having conversation where I was doing all the verbal talking, but I was picking up on their, inter, uh, on their responses that were nonverbal. Mm -hmm. And I watched the pulse rate and the little machines go up and down wow. based on what we were talking about and yeah. how I knew that person felt about those subjects. And that was pretty fascinating. That is fascinating. Yeah. Talk about having direct conversation without having the words. Wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, if, so in that respect, science has been able to measure um, vibration connected to our emotions, which are connected to our thoughts. Very true. Yeah. You know, and so those all work together. So anyway, back to, back to the original point, which right. is, not everybody on the planet um, has a full working knowledge of vibrational energy conversation. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. So I like to always bring it back to thoughts and feelings. Yeah, sure. Because, you know, honestly, Walt, in the beginning, when somebody's just starting to understand some of these concepts, some people really don't even understand or have never made the association that feelings are associated with thoughts. Yeah, I think I fell in that category. I mean, I knew I had feelings at times. I, they weren't very often. And I knew that I had thoughts lots of the time. And I knew that on some level there was some kind of association, but I didn't realize it was a one-to-one -one association. I didn't realize mm -hmm. there was always a, 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 a thought for every feeling and really vice versa too, even, even though very often we have trouble detecting it as a feeling. But every thought has a feeling. It's just a question of you know paying attention to it long enough to feel it. But I didn't realize that at the time. That, that you're right. That was kind of a, a revelation. Mm-hmm. 
So anyway, certainly not to say never use these phrases again, but if you hear me stop and ask you to define your phrase, you know the reason why, because I don't anticipate that every person who listens to us um, totally understands what all of these words mean. No, I, I don't object at all. In fact, I'm glad you did, because you're right. I mean, I, I myself have objected to, what are you talking about, high vibration? Get off this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I know that because I've been using this knowledge for a long time, that sometimes I'm not aware of what I'm saying, because sometimes I believe that, oh, well, I've been using these words for so long, they feel as though they're just common everyday words. Right, right. But they're really not. They may be to maybe the circle of friends that I hang around with. But when I meet somebody who's not part of my my um, personal development circle of friends, I recognize I need, it's really important for me to shift how I language things mm -hmm. so I can communicate in a way that's clear and that they understand because I truly want to be an invitation for them to explore and maybe ask questions and get curious about, well, what is the law of attraction? And is it something I can do? Is it something I can figure out? You know, is it a, something I can benefit by? And I want to say yes, 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 and yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, sure. <laughs> But I know that when I talk over people's heads, they don't even know how to ask a question. Or most people feel so, um, you know, maybe insecure is too strong, but just self-conscious, that's the word, too self-conscious to say, what are you talking about? Or can you explain that? Or I don't know what you're saying. Mm. Because, mm. you know, some people don't want to admit that they don't understand things. Oh, sure. Where, mm. like my little sister, I don't think she'd care if I said this. Um, I can tell, like, especially well, whether I'm talking to her on the phone or in person, I don't think personally, Walt, I have a very big vocabulary. I think I did many years ago, but I just purposely dumbed down what I said just to have a vocabulary that is more well understood by more people. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so I stopped using big words. So you use way bigger words than I do. <laughs> so sometimes I'll have to ask you, what are you talking about? And how do you define that? Well, sometimes I don't but, know. Sometimes, sometimes I just make it up as I go along. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, And sometimes we just make up words. That's right. So anyway, I'll be having a conversation with my sister. And all of a sudden, I'll just look at her. And I'll go, okay, do you know what that word means? And she goes, you know, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's cute. <laughs> so I'll define it. And I'm like, okay, now in context, does that make sense? She goes, yeah, go on. Mm -hmm. And then we come to another something and I'll go, okay. And I just define the word. She's like, thank you. And, mm -hmm. <laughs> and that's been a part of our communication cycles for as long as I can remember. That's nice. You know, that's, that's, a, that's really good. <laughs> it is, but it's... I also did it. And I do that with clients too, because sometimes I'll, I'll say something, I'll go, Okay, have I ever used this phrase with them? Have they ever like indicated <laughs> they know right? what I'm talking about? What's on the glass? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Oh, I have to say so though, anyway. I'm impressed by um by people I've been meeting who are in my life, um, who I would not normally associate with law of attraction discussions, and it will come up that I do a podcast or you know, that I'm into this stuff and so forth. And I'm really impressed by even if they don't know what it what the details of it are. A lot of people have heard of it now. You know, you know, you say law of attraction, you don't get mm -hmm. the double blink anymore. It's like, oh yeah, I've heard of that. What is that? Tell me about that. Mm -hmm. I, I'm really surprised. I think I think I talked to somebody in the last couple of weeks that saw my LinkedIn uh, page, and it talks about being a law of attraction expert. And mm. they said, "What is law of attraction?" Oh, nice. And I was like, "Wow, I haven't had the opportunity to explain it in a long time <laughs> to someone who's a true like outsider of, right. of the knowledge right. of it." I was like. Ooh, that was fun. And when I explained it, they went, well, that sounds pretty cool. And I'm like, it is pretty cool. <laughs> it is. No lie. That is really the truth. It is very cool. In fact, I, I think that's why we keep doing podcast after podcast, because it's the same topic every time. It's always the same thing. Get into alignment. And every time, it's different. I mean, it's amazing. We find all these different nuances about how to understand this stuff. And, and it's, it seems like there's an endless list of them. 
So how would you define getting into alignment? You mean today? <laughs> well, because that's how you defined law of attraction is all about getting into alignment. Well, if I knew nothing about law of attraction, I'd go, what the hell is that man talking about? Yeah. And, and I've had people ask me that. And my stock answer is, oh, that, that just means get happy. Get, get, you know, feel really good. Oh, okay. I understand that. They, you know, people can kind of latch onto that pretty quickly. So that's my, that's my stock answer. Just get happy. Feel gotcha. good. And that's why we're called the Daily Dose of Happy. That's right. <laughs> Plus, we also are pretty happy when we do it. It's kind of fun. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah. <laughs> and even if I come sliding into home plate or you come sliding into the home plate and boom, we start the podcast. It's amazing how just knowing that this hour is set aside oh, yeah. for us to talk about things that are interesting to us, that make us feel good, that intrigue us, that we want to explore and we want to discover, always causes us to move into a different place within our own emotional being. Oh, so, yeah, definitely. This has become such a big part of our lives because we do it so often. And, because, and it's also become a big part of our listeners' lives because they're listening to it so much that... I can be in the middle of something that's really, really difficult, you know, something that's just challenged me to the max, and I'm really fighting to get into that high-flying, you know, really good-feeling place and not quite getting there. All I have to do is remember, oh, i got a podcast coming on, and I can visibly see myself relax. Hmm. The podcast could be four hours away. <laughs> it wow. may not be in the next five minutes. Just knowing that it's coming, like, oh, good. There's that one hour from four to five Eastern time where, oh, I can just relax. <laughs> it well, makes and you know, difference. I know I'm about to open up, you know, like a topic that we could go on for a long time, but I just want to give an abbreviated version because sometimes for me, I'll be so busy, whatever I'm doing at work, and my mind is just so, um, just not bogged down in a negative way. I'm just so focused. I'm hyper-focused on whatever it is that I'm working on. And I look at the clock and go, oh, got to exit my office and go into, I'll call my studio. <laughs> and uh, my studio is my big, oversized, really fun purple chair. And the, what I want to share is because I sit in this chair, every single podcast of which I think at this point, I've done maybe 130, 140 shows with mm, you. Yeah. My energy of feeling good is in this chair. Wow. Like there is energy residue, if you will, in this chair. And I know that. And I've tested this because I have three chairs in my house that I've used for really positive experiences. And sometimes if I'm not in a great place, all I have to do is sit in one of these three chairs where my good feeling energy resides and just breathe. And it will actually take me into feeling good. It's almost like, you know, we're talking about segment intending where, and I think it's a cool point that you brought out that if you really do some heavy duty segment intending one time, every time you're in a similar place or having a similar intention for that kind of activity, it's like all the intending that you did in the past is right there. It's ready for you. Yeah. And that's kind of how my chairs are which is why I love sitting in this chair because I have now um, like bathed it in my feeling good energy when you and I are doing the podcast together. And so now I can come sliding into home plate, so to speak, sit in the chair, you're typing up the description, I take a couple breaths, and I'm there. Well, you're going to have to I'm make ready. sure that you segment intend that that chair lasts forever. Because if you ever had to get rid of that chair because it wore out, what would you do? All your energy would go out with the chair. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have two other chairs. Oh, okay. okay. I have other chairs I do this in. And, you know, once upon a time, I, I did podcast number one. So the energy wasn't there. What I'm saying is I have built the energy over time. Ah, that's true, yeah. And it's awesome. But you, you can, can build, build it, it anywhere. Yeah. This is true. Yeah, oh, yeah. true. Yeah, I Good have point. I have no qualm about having the ability to build it again. And since so. we're down to the last you know few seconds here, uh, let's also remind people for someone who wants that personal attention because you're really good at it. How do they reach out to you? I would love to hear from anybody who has a question or would like to work with me, and they can find me at wendydillard.com, and you will find my phone number and my email address, wendydillard.com. Sounds great, Wendy. It's a pleasure as usual. We'll do it again tomorrow. I'll be here. So will I. We hope you'll join us as well next time here on LOA Today. Goodbye, everybody. Bye-bye for now.